today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savell. Jesus told the truth. Whatever you give for my sake or the gospels, you will receive maximum results and the highest level attainment. Hallelujah. So I'm living proof that it works. So somebody says, well, I don't believe that you come too late for me because it's working, praise God. Mark chapter 10, without taking the time to read all this story because we've already read it in the past, but just to briefly bring to your remembrance, a rich young ruler has come to Jesus and asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him what to do. And the Bible says, after he heard it, he was grieved at that saying. Jesus told him, sell what you have and give to the poor. The Bible says he walked away grieved because he had great possessions. Now, I've learned over the years, and you've heard me say this, but it's worthy of repeating. I've learned over the years, if you can't give away something God has blessed you with, then you don't have it, it has you. Amen. 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 It has you. I remember one time years ago, uh, the Lord had blessed us with, I believe it was the... Uh, it was either the third or fourth airplane that God had blessed this ministry with. And it came through Kenneth Hagin. He gave me his 421 Golden Eagle. And uh, shortly after I got it, we needed to do a lot of upgrades on it. And of course, being an old paint and body man, one of the first things I did was design a new paint scheme for it. And then uh, uh, we put new interior in it. Then we upgraded the avionics. And then we put two brand new gold medallion engines on it. And we had less than 20 hours on this airplane when I flew it to Little Rock, Arkansas to be in a meeting with Happy Caldwell, uh, Ed Dufresne, Buddy Harrison, and Lester Summerall. And the night that Ed was preaching, the Lord spoke to me and said, and at this time, Ed was going through some real hardships. He'd gone through a divorce and he was hurting over it and so forth. And, and the Lord said to me as Ed was preaching, he said, Ed doesn't think I'm hearing his prayers. He said, show him I still hear his prayers. I said, well, Lord, how do you want me to do that? Now, I'm not talking out loud, just spirit to spirit. I said, Lord, how do you want me to do that? He said, give him your airplane. I just, I just did all this on it. <laughs> It's like a brand new airplane. 20 hours on it now. New engines, new paint job, new interior, new avionics. So I leaned over to Carolyn and I said, the Lord just told me, give Ed our airplane. And I told her why the Lord said that. And she said, well, I know you, you'll obey God. So I said, well, Lord, do you want me to do this privately or publicly? He said, just hold on. It wasn't five minutes, less than five minutes. Ed just stopped preaching. Looked at me and said, Brother Jerry, God just told you to do something, obey him. <laughs> now, later, later after the service, he told me, he said, I had no idea 
that you were going to do what you were going to do. I thought the Lord had spoken to you about somebody that was going to be healed tonight because we, we operated that way quite often. The Buddy and Happy and Ed and I did a lot of meetings together and we honored one another's giftings. And a lot of times there would be uh, certain areas uh, of, of ministry that I specialized in where he didn't and other areas that Happy and Buddy specialized in, but we all honored one another and endeavored to flow with one another. So he thought I was going to get up and say uh, something like, there's a lady over here in a red dress that needs to be healed of cancer. So I, I, when he said, Brother Jerry, God just spoke to you obeying. So I thought, well, the Lord wants me to do this publicly. So I got up and I walked up to the platform. I said, Ed, uh, we all know, talking about Buddy Happy and myself, that you're hurting right now. And you've even said, I'm not sure if God's hearing my prayers. And he just broke, put his head down and just began to cry. And I said, and the Lord told me to let you know he still hears your prayers and the airplane that you've been believing for, or you have been believing for an airplane and I have that airplane and I'm giving it to you right now. And, and I gave it to him. Now, my point is, if I didn't have the airplane and it had me, I could have never given it. Amen? I gave it. Now, Lester Summerall leaned over to me and he said, I've never seen anything like that before. He said, if you'll pray that somebody will give me the money that my airplane's worth, I'll give you my airplane. I thought, well, that's not the way I've learned it. (laughs) And uh, he had had an airplane like I was believing for, but he wanted somebody to come give him the money that that, that that airplane was worth. And then he said, and I'll give you my airplane. Well, that's, that's not the way I was trained. You know, you give first. And uh, so anyway, uh, I didn't wind up with Lester Summerall's airplane, but later on, God blessed me with my first jet, praise God. And it happened to be the absolutely very first citation jet ever built. Amen. And some of you have heard me tell the story. It's my sermon. I want to repeat it. <laughs> I was in uh, Topeka, uh, uh, Wichita, Kansas, thank you. And I was doing a meeting there and an executive from Cessna came over to the meeting. He said, I'd like to give you a tour of the Cessna plant. I said, I'd be happy to go. So he went through every division, the 100s, 200s, the 310s, and the 300s, 400s. Then he said, did you know that Cessna now builds a business jet. I said, well, I've been reading about it, but I've never seen one. He said, well, we have number one and we have number two in the hangar, and I'd like to take you over to the jet division. So we walked into that hangar, and there was Cessna 500, very first one, number one, right in front of me. I thought it was the most beautiful airplane I'd ever seen at that time. He said, come on, step up in it. So he said, get in the left seat. And I sat in the left seat and he went over the avionics with me. Then he said, uh, go in the back, sit in, in different seats back there. And I did. He said, if you're not flying, I said, I'm not qualified to fly jets. He said, uh, 
if you're not flying, what seat would you sit in? I said, this one right here. He said, well, sit there, pull the tray down and just imagine yourself flying somewhere with your Bible open, studying, getting ready to preach. I said, I can do that. And uh, so when we got through with the tour, we walked off the airplane and there's workers standing there. And the Lord said to me, turn around and call that airplane into your ministry. And then he said this, and do you remember your childhood best friend? I said, yes. I said, you're talking about Willie Taylor. He said, yes. He said, you remember Willie's mother? I said, of course I remember Willie's mother. Now, Willie's mother was about just barely over four feet high, but she had lungs that were 12 feet high. <laughs> that woman could holler like any, nobody I'd ever heard before. And when we'd be off in the woods playing somewhere, the rule at Willie's house was, if mama stands out on the back porch and goes like this, Willie! <laughs> then Willie ought to be running toward her before the Lee is up. <laughs> and if, he, if she didn't see him before she got through calling his name, he got, now we didn't get whippings, we got whoopings. <laughs> Anybody ever had a whooping? That's worse than a whipping, okay? And so that was the rule. Now, Willie and I are out in the woods and we heard his mama, Willie, and he took off running. So the Lord said, I want you to call that airplane into your ministry just like Willie's mother called him. Now, there's people in this hangar. This man's an executive for Cessna. And the Lord's telling me to do something foolish. Anybody ever had the Lord tell you to do something foolish? So I just kind of got a deep breath. I turned around. I said, in the name of Jesus, I call you into my ministry. And from this name forward, your name shall be called Willie. Come on home. And then I turned around. We walked out. We got in his car and he said, do you mind telling me what that was all about? And so I explained it to him. He said, okay, I, I, I believe in Jesus' name. Uh, yeah, I, I can run with that. Praise God. Well, 12 years later, I wound up with that very airplane. And I think it's interesting, before I got it, the governor of Mississippi and the senators in Mississippi flew that airplane, and I just happened to be born in Mississippi. Isn't that amazing how God can orchestrate things? What do you suppose he's working on for you right now while you're listening to me? Now, that's the goodness of God. That's what God is capable of. But notice here, people that can't let go of something never experience these kind of things. You missed a wonderful opportunity to say, that's good, Brother Jerry. I heard two or three people say it. If, if, you ha if things have you and you don't have things, then it's not likely you'll ever get to the place where you can talk about maximum results or the highest level attainable. Can you say amen? amen? All right, now, notice in verse 29. Well, let's back up to verse 28. Then Peter began to say unto them, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Now, Peter is saying that as a result of what Jesus said just prior to that. He said it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. He didn't say impossible, but it's hard. 
And the reason it's hard is because rich men, the majority of them, trust in their riches. Okay? And he said it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So then Peter says, well, who then can be saved? Now, if Peter was poor, he would have turned to the other disciples and said, boys, we got it made because we never had anything in our lives. We've been poor all our lives. No, he didn't say that. He was shocked at that statement. He said, we've left everything. Remember, Peter and, and, and John were in the fishing business. They owned a fishing syndicate. In fact, the day they left all to follow Jesus was the best day they'd ever had in a fishing business. They called a boatload, net-breaking load of fish and walked away from it and said, we'll follow you. And so you understand now why Peter is saying, you know, shocked. Well, then who can be saved? Okay. And Jesus went on to say, with, with men, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And then he says this, in verse 29. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or fathers, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for thy sake, for my sake, and the gospels, but he shall receive. Notice, when people are willing to give for the gospel's sake, Jesus' sake, then the, the, the reaction from heaven is, he shall receive. Yeah. Amen. Right. He shall receive. How many givers in the house? How many receivers in the house? Same hand should have been up. Amen. Amen. If you're a giver, then you should be a receiver. Amen. Because Jesus, and notice it's in red. You can believe the red, can't you? Jesus said, there's no one that is ever given for my sake or the gospels that he shall not receive. So if you're a giver, then expect to receive. Can you say amen? Amen. And he says, he shall receive a hundredfold now in this life. And he goes on to repeat what he said about the giving. Now, a lot of people have a problem with the hundredfold. Mm-hmm. Terry, you were in the meeting one time when Brother Hagen called us all together and some of the people there uh, were a, a little bit critical of us who talk about the hundredfold. Okay. Now, the Lord taught me years ago, even though it's very plain, Jesus did say hundredfold. Now, there are other translations that say 100 times. Then there are other translations that I've read and commentaries that I've read, and, and one of them says 100 times better than what you gave. For instance, Carol and I gave our home to the ministry, our house, and the land that it was on. We had just a little farmhouse. We, we, in, we enlarged it. Uh, doubled the, the, the space. Carolyn's dad and, and her, his brothers came over and some of her uncles came over and, and added on to it. And, uh, and, and then I had stables, I had horses and I had barn with cattle and so forth. And, and we gave that to the ministry just around the corner here, the headquarters. 
gave it. And at that time, we became the largest contributor to our own ministry because we gave our house. Now, I didn't, I didn't think, oh, now I'm entitled to 100 houses. See, that's where people, you know, get, as I would say, bogged down and question the validity of this. I didn't think I'm going to get back 100 houses. I don't know. I don't know anybody. And I know a lot of people. I don't know anybody whose faith is at the level for 100 houses. In fact, I don't want 100 houses. <laughs> Two is more than enough to take care of. Amen. So when we gave our house and the land that it was on, and then later we built a new home next door, right around the corner here, okay? And then later we acquired another home between Granbury and Weatherford. And between these two homes, I can say, I figured it up today, the value of them. It came out exactly a hundred times more than what that house was worth that we gave to the ministry. Amen. I figured it out today. I, I was sitting there thinking, wait a minute now. Let me see. This was what that house was worth. This is what this one, the appraisal is on now. And we've been offered a certain amount, double what we gave for the house in, on, on the Brazos River. And I thought, look at here. And it turned out to be exactly a hundred times in value. Hallelujah. And to be quite frank with you, I don't want 98 more homes. The upkeep on one or two, you have to be a man of faith. <laughs> Amen. Just taxes. Amen. I pay more in taxes every year on the one house than our first house in Fort Worth cost. Our first house that we bought in Fort Worth cost $22,500. I pay more in taxes every year on one house. But God. But God. Hallelujah. And we haven't mixed any, we haven't missed any of the tax payments. Okay? Now, don't think 100 times because most people are not capable of believing for 100 more than what they gave. Yes. So forget that. Now the Lord taught me years ago, when you see 100 vote, you think maximum results and the highest level attainable. Right. See, I can, I, my, my, my spirit man can grasp that and my mind can grasp it. Maximum results and the highest level attainable. Can you say amen? amen. I even figured up this morning, uh, I've given cars away. And I figured up today what the value of my cars, plural, are worth. Ooh, Jesus. He, Jesus told the truth. Whatever you give, 
for my sake or the gospel's, you will receive maximum results and the highest level attainable. Hallelujah. So I'm living proof that it works. So somebody says, I don't believe that you come too late for me because it's working, praise God. Amen. All right, now, I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. And the reason I'm bringing up this verse and chapter is this statement. Why settle for anything less? If we have the promise of Jesus in our giving that this is what we can expect to receive, then why settle for anything less? Amen? Why settle for anything less? Now, a lot of people need to do, a lot of Christians need to do what... uh, this verse says. It's the story of, of Jacob, Esau, and so forth. And notice it says in verse 40, Isaac is talking to Jacob. Verse 40. And by thy sword shalt thou live, and shalt serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from thy neck. Now, notice it says, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Now, another translation, the Amplified Bible says, but the time shall come when you will grow restive and break loose. The time will come when you will grow restive and restive Another word for it is restless or dissatisfied. And he says, and when that time comes in your life where you are no longer satisfied with living beneath your privileges, then you're going you're gonna to tap into your dominion and you're going to break loose. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, a lot of you perhaps and people watching need to get to the place where you are restive, where you read what God promises and you're doing what he said, but you're not receiving the fulfillment of the promise, then you need to grow restive. Now, another word for restive in our modern day vernacular would be fed up. How many of you know how to get fed up? Yes. I've used this illustration before. You know, some six foot five, 17 year old boy, 225 pounds. He's a, he's a, plays on the high school football team, running people over. His little four foot nine mama comes in his bedroom and says, Boy, didn't I tell you to clean up this bedroom? Yeah, I'll do, I'll do it, mama. I'll do it just as soon as I can. She comes back three or four days later. Son, I told you to clean up this bath, uh, this, this bedroom. I, I'm, I'm going to do it, Mom, just as soon as I can get around to it. 
She comes in one day and says, son, I'm not telling you again. What happened? She got fed up. And when mama's fed up, ain't nobody happy. Amen. And she stands in front of this six foot five, 225 pound tackle about to make all state. She says, if I come in here another time with this bedroom looking like that, you and I are going to go round and round. And I'm going to tell you right now, I will win. (laughs) What's happened? She's fed up. Some of you need to get that way with the devil stealing your harvest. I said, some of you need to get that way about the devil stealing your harvest. That harvest belongs to you. Amen. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the just. And the Amplified Bible says, and eventually it will come into their hands. Well, when is eventually? When the people get fed up with it being in the wrong hands. Amen. Eventually, it'll come into your hands, but you have to reach the place where you are restive. You're fed up. You're no longer willing to live less than your privileges. It's time to break free from limiting beliefs and unleash your maximum potential. Introducing today's transformational offer, the Receive God's Maximum Special Package, This exclusive offer includes Jerry's eye-opening book, God's Maximum, and his three-part audio series, Experiencing the Goodness of God All the Days of Your Life. Many Christians want God's best, yet are unwilling to do what is required to attain it. In this package, Jerry reveals how to prepare for God's maximum, the purpose of prosperity, how to walk in God's blessing, and the effects of God's glory in your life. Don't hesitate, act now. Visit jerrysavelle.org or call us immediately to secure your copy of the Receive God's Maximum Special Package. Remove the constraints, envision new possibilities, and begin to encounter God's maximum every day of your life. Now, let me remind you that what you've been listening to is the prophetic word that God gave me, and I've been preaching it all over the world, and that is how you can receive God's maximum, God's best in your life. Now, let me remind you of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. It says that the word preached did not profit them because they did not mix faith with it when they heard it. So let me ask you this question. Are you mixing faith with what you've heard today? Are you interested in having God's best? Do you want to receive maximum results? Then this is exactly how you do it. Mix your faith. How do you do that? You simply say in advance, Father, I believe what you are saying. I mix my faith with it, and I believe I'll have it. I believe I receive it, and I'm thanking you in advance for it. Amen? All right. Now, before we leave the air, let Jerry Ann share with you uh, our special product offer this week. And I want to encourage you to make your plans right now while it's fresh on your mind to place your order for it. Well, Dad, you go into so much more detail in the book, what you've talked about. You can get it right here in this book, God's Maximum. So I encourage you to go to jerrysavelle.org, get your copy. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. It's on your mind, like Dad said. Do it right now. And it's a great Christmas gift. It's a great gift. And also included in this package this week is a three-CD series that my dad does called Experiencing the Goodness of God, 
all the days of your life. So you can put the word on and hear it just throughout your day and it just stirs you up and brings you to a higher level in your faith. And Merry Christmas to you guys. Yes, Merry Christmas and be sure to place your order, jerrysavelle.org. All the information is on your screen as well. So uh, thank you for joining us today. Merry Christmas. We look forward to seeing you again next week.